Today is a great day to be at worship. It's a new year, although I want to tell you it is still Christmas. This is the last day. This is the 12th day of Christmas, so we can still say Merry Christmas. So say Merry Christmas to your neighbor. So we also want you at the end of service, if you brought a family ornament, to take that home, or it becomes ours. Um, but no, we want you to take those home. But it's, it's a new year, and we have a new sermon series. It's called Unafraid. And this is based on Adam Hamilton's book of the same name, Unafraid. And I encourage you, if you'd like to know more and you want to dig a little deeper in this topic, to get the book. It's a great book. I know Scott and I are reading it, and uh, I'm sure that you would enjoy digging really deep. So recently, I was at a wedding. As you know, I think Randy mentioned that last week. I love you guys, but every once in a while, even pastors have to take a little bit of a break, right? And so I was taking a little vacation, and I was at a wedding, and kind of got to that point where the dancing was about to happen, right? And you know that, that kind of pause, everybody gets nervous. And this, Chris, can you play this song? But only a little bit of it, because I don't want to get in trouble. This is the song that came on. Do y'all know this song? Yeah. This is, that, that's probably all we can play. That's an intimidating first song at a wedding, isn't it? Like, I was thinking a little shout or, you know, the electric slide, you know, something that caught not Joe, something that there's a little dance move to. But no, they went straight to Yeah by Usher, and I was like, uh, you know, I, I don't think I can hop out there with that. But after about a minute, these two kids came out, one about 10 years old, and one a boy about, a girl about 10 years old, and a, and a, little, a little boy about eight. And, and they just, they just started going at it, like dancing like you wouldn't believe. They had no reservations, no fear, and nothing else. They were just enjoying life. And so I was thinking today as we, we talk about fear and, and about how fear prevents us from living life, we all are going to have fear. Even though the, the title of this sermon series is Unafraid, we can't remove fear from our life. It's a natural reaction to stimulus in our life. But we, we can choose to be a people that are not ruled by our fear. Because we are a people of faith, and we can be a people of courage and hope in the midst of a world that is trying to get us to be afraid. That's what we're, we're going to be talking about over the next six weeks, is how to be people who live in courage and hope rather than fear. As a pastor, I deal with fear a lot. I see it in, in you guys and in my own life. You, you should... Some of you have done this, but you should come stand up here sometime and feel how terrifying it is every single week to look at your faces, and even though they're beautiful faces, and think about giving a message that is from God, right? That, that's a terrifying thing, and, and I'm always terrified that I'm going to get up here and all of a sudden just forget everything that I have prepared and just look at you guys and, and, and think, okay, what am I going to say now? So, so fear is a reality in our life. Fear is actually a, a biological response, right? It's when our five senses tells us that there is danger and they send a signal up to our, our amygdala and it starts pumping out adrenaline and other chemicals and all of a sudden we're ready for action, either fight or flight. And this is actually a good thing. This is a good and important biological function. When we are facing danger, we need not to think but just to jump into it. The problem is, is that often we get these fear responses in situations that aren't necessarily appropriate to have that adrenaline pump in. You know what I'm talking about when you get really nervous or you're really excited and you feel like you're, you're, you can feel your pulse and, and you're just ready for action, fight or flight. There are times when maybe because of a, of a learned 
behavior or activity that happened in your life, that that's not an appropriate response. And these fear responses can kind of get in the way. The book here's a great example of a young man who was going to go on a fishing trip. And all of a sudden, when he got close to getting on the water, his heart started racing. He started to feel really sick, and he just could not get on the boat. And he, he couldn't figure out why. And he talked to his parents about it. And he talked to his parents about it, and they said, yeah, you almost drowned when you were three years old. He didn't even remember almost drowning. And he had an incredible, visceral fear response to the stimuli of getting on the, on the ocean. So sometimes we have to deprogram ourselves from these experiences we've had in the past that we, we bring up a fear response. And we think, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight or I'm going to run away. Sometimes there's just situations that that's just not an appropriate response. Like when we're worrying about something that we can't change and we get all that adrenaline pumping or we're stressed about or we're afraid of something that's not really something that we should be afraid of. Like flying on a plane, right? It's a generally a safe thing, but there's a lot of people who it's really hard to get on a plane because they're afraid the plane is going to crash. That's not a fear that should be controlling our life. And so we have to learn to respond in faith rather than in fear. Fear is a natural response. We're going to have it. We're going to fear of failure. We're going to have a fear of failure. We're going to have a fear of being alone sometimes. We're going to have a fear of being lost. We're going to have a fear of a lot of different things, bodily fear. But we cannot let those fears rule our life, especially if we're going to be people of God and live into the calling that God has put on our life. We're going to need to be bold. Making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world is a bold mission that God has given us. And if we're going to succeed in that mission, we're going to have to step out in faith. And sometimes it's terrifying. It's terrifying to go and knock on our neighbor's door and say, hey, won't you come to church? Or even come over for dinner and get to know them and invite them to be part of your life. Some of the things that God asks us to do can be terrifying. And that's why we have to be people of bold, incredible faith in the face of fear. Our scripture today comes from Numbers chapter 13, verse 26 through 33. Now, earlier in the year, I did a sermon series on Moses, and we talked about how Moses led the people of God out of slavery to Pharaoh, and, and God defeated Pharaoh's armies, and eventually they, they made it to the promised land. This is the people of God just off the outside of the promised land about a mile away from the promised land. And they send 12 spies into the promised land. And the, the 12 spies come back, and this is what they report. They went directly to Moses, Aaron, and the entire Israelite community in the Paran Desert at Kadesh. They brought back a report to them and the entire community and showed them the land's fruit. Then they gave the report. We entered the land which you sent us. It is actually full of milk and honey, and this is its fruit. There are, however, powerful people who live in the land, the cities have huge fortifications, and we saw the descendants of the Anakites there. The Amalekites live in the land of the arid southern plain. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the mountains, and the Canaanites live by the sea along the Jordan. Now Caleb called the people before Moses and said, we must go up and take possession of it because we are more than able to do it. But the men who went with him said, we can't go against these people because they are stronger than we are. They started a rumor about the land that had 
that they had explored telling the Israelites. The land we crossed over to explore is a land that devours its residents. All the people we saw in our huge men, we saw the Nephilim, the descendants of Anak coming from, from the Nephilim, and we saw ourselves as grasshoppers, and that's how we appeared to them. You know, this is an incredible story for us today as we talk about fear. They sent out 12 spies. Ten of them came back and said, this is a land full of giants. We look like grasshoppers. We should be terrified. They have huge cities and huge fortifications. And you had Caleb and Joshua coming back and kind of reminding the people, do you not remember that God just delivered us from Pharaoh with these plagues? Do you not remember that God destroyed Pharaoh's army at the Red Sea? What are you talking about? that they are giants and we are grasshoppers. He said, later on in, in Numbers chapter 14, Caleb goes on to say, the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid. Because God had fought mightily on their side. God had already defeated Pharaoh, the most powerful nation of that time. And here they were afraid of the people in the promised land. And out of that fear, they choose not to go in and God allows them to be punished. And they spend 38 years, this is, this is mind-blowing, they spend 38 years a mile away from the promised land. This is what fear does to us. We look at what God has called us to do, or we look at our life, and we see giants, and we think that we're grasshoppers, and we spend 38 years outside the promised land because we are afraid, and we let fear control our lives. We need to be a people of faith, and not fear. So we must face down our fears. That's what successful people do in life, is they face down their fears. Controversial Facebook creator Mark Zuckerberg said the, the best advice that he received was from Peter Thiel, who said, the biggest risk that you can take is not taking a risk at all. The problem is our, our amygdala is risk averse, right? We don't want to do that scary thing. We're afraid we might fail. We're afraid that people might judge us on the dance floor. We're afraid that if we put ourselves out there that people really discover who we are and we might not like it. Fear often rules our life and we have to be people of faith. We have to be people like Caleb and Joshua who say, they're not the giants. We are the giants. We have God with us. They are the grasshoppers. When you've got God on your side, you are the giants and your fear is the grasshopper. We've got to reorient ourselves and not let these natural fear emotions, this adrenaline rule us. So how do we do that? How do we take our fear response, which is natural, our fear of, of all the things that could go wrong, and say we're not going to be people ruled by fear. We're going to be unafraid and we're going to do what God has called us to do. Well, I have an uh, acronym for you, and it's FEAR. And the first thing is to face your fear with faith, examine your assumptions with facts, attack your anxieties with actions, and release your cares to God. Face your fears with faith. What God was asking the people of Israel was difficult. You're going to go in, and you're going to take this land, this promised land, but Joshua and Caleb faced their fear with faith. One of the most repeated lines in the Bible is God saying, do not 
be afraid over and over, at least 140 times. Do not be afraid. In some version or another, God repeats that over and over. And usually with the line of, for I, the Lord, am with you. We're talking about Christmas, that it's still Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. God is on our side. If anything you've learned over the past 12 days over Advent is to be reminded that God is with us. God cares about your situation. God wants to be involved in your life. God wants to be involved in the daily details of everything that we do. Now I have to say this very carefully because I'm not saying that if you have enough faith that your life will never have trials. That's very clear that that's not true if you read scripture. Some of the most faithful people in scripture go through the most difficult trials. But I am telling you that if you have these trials, which you're gonna have, that you're gonna want God on your side. That you're gonna want God guiding you, loving you, giving you strength. And that somehow in the end, we're gonna have to have the belief that it's gonna work out if God is with us. Doesn't mean your life is gonna be perfect. Doesn't mean your life is gonna be pain-free. That's some sugar-coated gospel. That's not what I'm sharing today. You're gonna struggle. You're gonna have difficulties. But it's much better, I believe, to have God with us in those struggles than to try to do them on our own. That's what I've experienced in my life. I don't think I could have survived some of the things that I've gone through in my life if I did not have God with me. So the first thing we do is we face our fear with faith. The second thing is we need to examine our assumptions with facts. Examine our assumptions with facts. You know, today our media and our politicians are really good about manipulating the truth. That's also called lying. (laughs) They're really good at manipulating the, the truth to create fear. Because if they can make you afraid, they can control you, right? Our news media does it so that you'll watch. Our politicians do it so they can tell you what they want you to do and get their policies instead of what you want them to do. To reverse the way it should be, right? We need to examine our assumptions in the light of facts. Hello, my name is David, and I am an obsessive fact checker. <laughs> in fact, back in the day uh, when, you know, this really started to be a, a problem on social media and people would post all sorts of false things, I was a person looking it up, finding the article on Snopes, and then posting in the comments like, that's not true. I've since learned and I have restrained from that desire because it doesn't get you anywhere good. But we need to do that. We need to do that for ourselves. Don't just let someone tell you something that is the way the world is. You go look it up. You find it out. You do the research. And not just the first link that pops up on Google either. Deeply research these things. Find out for yourself. Don't let your assumptions be how you let your life be ruled. Find out the facts. The reality is a lot of the things that we're afraid of are really not that likely of happening. Terrorism, for example, gets a lot of press coverage, gets a lot of news, a lot of people talk about it, but I think you're more likely to die from falling into a bathtub than by a terrorist. So we need to think about what we actually need to be afraid of and worry about those things and what we can handle and what we can change rather than acts that we have no ability to deal with. So examine your assumptions with facts. This next one is very important. We've got to attack your anxieties with action. Sometimes as people of faith, we think that the faithful choice is just to stop and let God handle our problems, right? And there are times when God needs to take care of it. I'm not saying that that's not the case. But a lot of the times, 
Faith requires faithful action. James 2.17 says, faith without faithful action is dead. Now that's not necessarily talking about fear. It's talking about that once we are saved by God, which is a free gift, God wants us to be different. God, we are a new creation. We're new people. We act and we live differently in this world. We are called to have good works. But if you apply it to fear, it's the same thing. We cannot let our fears paralyze us into non-action. We've all been there. You've been so afraid to take that step that you just do nothing. Failure to act is still failure. That's the one way you will guarantee that you will fail. There was a man named Jeff, and uh, he had been recently let go from his job, and not for any fault for him, his own necessarily. He'd just been laid off. The company had been changing. And he started to look for a job and had struggles looking for a job as it's difficult right? We know it's hard to get a job these days. And he started to question. He was like, maybe I'm not as good as a worker as I thought. Maybe my resume is not as good. Maybe I need to learn some new things. And fear started to paralyze him. And it was only when he started to put action in his life. And he started to look from a job from nine to five. And he made a plan and, and they changed their budget to say if he had to change careers that they could tighten their belt and they could survive that if, if he maybe had to take a lower paying job. This is what we do when we come to struggles. We cannot just sit there and assume that God is going to take care of all of our problems. Faith requires faithful action. So when we are feeling afraid, we need to act. We need to let God guide us and God direct us, but we need to act. Faith requires faithful action. And the last thing that we need to do is to release our cares to God. I think this is the most difficult one, isn't it? Notice it doesn't say we're not supposed to have cares. We're not robots. We're people. We have emotions. We have feelings. We, we struggle. We, we get afraid. And we need to release those to God. We need to give it to God. A great example of this are the, the people of Israel when they were taken into exile by, by the Babylonians. I'm sure they were afraid. They were trying to figure out what in the world was going on here. God is their God, and yet these other people have come in and conquered them and taken them into exile, and yet they gave it to God. Isaiah 41.10 from the book of Isaiah says this, and this is in the midst of being in exile. Do not fear because I am with you. Do not be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will surely help you. I will hold you with my righteous, strong hand. That's what they believed, that God was saying to them, do not be afraid, for I am with you. And what makes that even more powerful is they were in exile. They'd been conquered by a powerful nation. They'd been dragged away thousands of miles from their homeland. And they're still calling out to God and saying, you know, that their belief that God was saying, do not be afraid, for I am with you. And eventually God acted and they were taken back home. But we need to have this belief. We need to be able to call out to God and believe that God is with us, that God is on our side, and give those cares to God, even if things aren't happening in our life at the speed at which we'd like it to happen, right? Because that, that's just life. We may not get the job that we want as soon as we want it. Maybe we want to be in a relationship, and that's just not happening on our timetable, Maybe our health is an issue and we're just not getting the help that we needed or, or, or healing as quickly as we would like. But we have to have faith in God. We have to trust God and know that God is with us 
no matter what happens. One great way that you can really release these cares to God is by using these scriptures and praying them back to God. So you take the scripture and you say, God, I am not gonna be afraid because you tell me that you are with me and that you are my God and that you will strengthen me and that you will surely help me and you will hold me with your righteous hand. Imagine the power in praying that scripture and and claiming that scripture for yourself and saying, God, your scripture says you're on my side. I need a little evidence of that today. I need a little bit more of you in my life. I need a little more of your power. I need to see some of these things in action. We're gonna give you scriptures in the GPS this week about, about handling fear. These would be a great place to start to praying the scripture in your daily devotion They're not long, it's like one verse. So instead of like maybe doing a devotional that has a lot of scripture reading, maybe just pick one verse and pray that to God and and ask God to work mightily in your life this week so you can release your cares to God. Rob Bridge, we have big dreams here. We believe that God is calling us to wonderful things. We believe that God is calling us to make disciples. That's no small task. We believe that God is calling us to transform our world. That's not a small task. We believe that we, we are called to be bridges. That's what we say in our vision. And you have to accept this as God's call on your life to be bridges to people as a disciple of Jesus Christ. To bring people to know the love that God has for them. These are big dreams. These are big goals. These are big vision. But we want you to to believe in it. We want you to accept that for yourself. And we cannot do that. We cannot live into our mission and vision if we are afraid. If we are a community afraid, if we say, man, those giants are awfully big and I'm a grasshopper, it's, it's too scary to go invite my coworker to church or to talk to that person that God wants me to talk to in the coffee shop or I'm too afraid to step out in faith and serve in missions in the way God is calling me, or I'm too afraid to serve in the kids' area because I don't know what I'm doing, or to serve with the youth. I'm just too afraid. God is calling us to great things. We need to be people of faith and not fear. The people of Israel spent 38 years just outside the promised land. 38 years because they were afraid. And they, when they went and they saw, they saw giants and they thought they were grasshoppers. Church, I'm asking you today that when you look at your fears, that you see them as grasshoppers and you see yourself as the giants because God is on your side. Face your fears with faith. Examine your assumptions in the light of facts. Act. Faithfully act. Faith requires faithful action and release your cares to God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.